This is the Non-Typical Nation podcast with your hosts, Brody Teal and Eric Labrie. Let's talk hunting and absolutely everything else that goes with it. What is going on, everybody? This is Brody, and I'm here with uh, my good buddy, Eric, and uh, we're back for another podcast. It has been a busy week. We are creeping up on Christmas here. You guys aren't going to hear this till after Christmas, um, but uh, yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna have some fun today. We uh, put up a post on the non typical nation Facebook page, um, and it asked if you could change one hunting law, which would it be? And oh boy, did we open up a can of worms! Uh, you know, there was some uh, some great comments in there, some surprising ones. Uh, you know, some that people are just super frustrated with. Uh, I'm just reading it now and it's making me, some of them are just making me shake my head and some of them are pretty intriguing. Yeah, it's awesome. So we There's do, good ones here. I think it's every, every Tuesday or Friday, one or the other, it's two days a week. We have a post on non-typical nation that is basically asking uh, our followers a question or asking them to do something or share a photo or, or whatever. Right. And so, yeah, this week's was if you could change one hunting law, which would it be? And, oh, man, this thing absolutely exploded. Can I start with my first one? My Give her. What's your favorite one? Okay, this is my, your favorite? This is my favorite okay, one. Okay, let's so far, hear it. I haven't Honestly, I haven't read through them all yet, but this one definitely uh, piqued my interest. So this guy says... We won't mention names. No, no, no. I won't mention any names. So this guy says, must have common sense before buying a license. If not, they get a good ass kicking first to show what will happen if they don't respect the wildlife or their landowners. That's good. That's a good one. Yeah, that's that that's some um, country thinking right there. That guy, uh, you know, he comes from the school of hard knocks. He's no, he Who knows are they going to hire things. to do the ass kicking, though? And not me. <laughs> I volunteer. You don't even have to pay me. Yeah, that's good. Well, you know what? And that's, uh, you know, it's a big problem. Um but you know everyone's ever you know it's not just one one type of person that's really breaking the rules i think you see you know people who are new to hunting people who've been hunting a long time who knew how to you know bend things a little bit um but yeah an ass kicking might fix that up i don't know yeah it depends on the person yeah i guess so don't get any smarter no some guys like that ass kicking (laughs) keeps them coming back so what else do we have there okay let's go to uh maybe a more serious one there were a few in there that I, I, uh, I'm all for, and I think what we should try and do is get a fish and wildlife officer in here, and maybe go through. Yeah, get get their opinion. Few. That'd be a good perspective. And get their opinion. So that yeah. might be something we're gonna do here in the future. So keep an eye on that, guys. So here's here's a good one. So in Alberta, I'll do a little background on this one. I don't. I shouldn't have to remember that eight words. Um, in Alberta, in certain zones, usually where there's plenty of access to public land you cannot operate in certain zones an atv until 12 o'clock noon and after so this is one one of the comments on this post is um, change the law so that you can operate an atv before noon so what do you think about that yes and uh around here like where we do most of our deer hunting, you can't operate a D, uh, an ATV before noon, you right? You cannot, yeah. 
Um, Except, so there is there is exceptions to this rule. But I don't know about what you're going to say. You don't know. Because okay, I looked well, at it in the race. I'll Go ahead. En- I'll enlighten you. So you can operate an ATV to get to your hunting destination. Yes. Whether it be a stand or a place you're going to walk to, whatever. Okay. But your weapon must be completely unfireable, unable to get to. So in other words, it has to be encased and locked. Okay. And not... You know, slung over your back with the clip in it or something like that. Yes. And the other, this might be zone specific too, but the other thing is spring bear season, you can operate an ATV before noon. Yeah, I think that's pretty much everywhere that has that law. I'm pretty sure spring bear season. Yeah, I'm not sure. For sure this one, this zone right here, it is. So you can't drive around on your quad on a trail with the gun out and shoot chickens or deer or whatever else before noon. But you can in a truck, or can you in a truck? You can in a truck. Yeah. You can in a you truck. You can in a truck. Okay. Interesting. And it's, so it says off-highway vehicle. Yeah. Then. Yeah. I did look OHV into this. Now. Okay, yeah. that's but, what it is. Yeah. Interesting. And how do you feel about that? Do you think that's so? I guess no. I think I I really like that law. You I like that do because I'm not. I'm, I'll get off my ass and walk, or I'll go like I know a lot of places I can go in the truck and then get on foot. And I'd like to ask someone with more knowledge than me about this, but what's the reasoning for that? Is that just highly populated areas? I would. Or what is it like? I, why? I don't know if anybody ever told me this. Um, or if it's just something I've sort of thought over the years, but it, it has to have something to do with the high concentration of hunters and okay. the access, right? Hmm. So you don't want, like, I've been in the areas, every time at noon, if you're, like, driving back home or whatever, every time at noon, there's a million guys going out in their ATVs. Yep. You see, like, six ATVs in a five-minute drive from town to wherever. Yeah. And so if... You know, if you can drive at seven in the morning, you're going to your stand to sit and there's a guy driving ATV through your stand. But now do you think that sort of promotes more road hunting? Well, the guys that road hunt are going to road hunt. Okay. Right? Yes. Like you're... So you don't think the the guys that quad hunt are going to road hunt? what's the difference? Yeah, I guess there's not much difference. It's just glorified road hunting. Yeah. And hey, even road hunting, do we want to get into that? there's nothing wrong with that i don't think i think that is a very effective we've argued about this maybe before we never argued well, we maybe just, not argued, yeah. but we've, we've definitely <laughs> talked about this before. that's why i opened this up with i like i don't mind road hunting yeah well it's it's definitely the most efficient or one i shouldn't say the most but it's definitely one of the most efficient ways to just kill a white-tailed deer yeah any for deer, sure any deer and and i just i say i don't mind it um, and I really don't. I, I've got nothing, nothing uh, against it. Um, as long as you're doing it legally. Yeah. Now, mind you, safely. this hunting season, um, I spent probably 25 days in the field, and one day driving around with the kids and Amy, and that's when we're going to utilize that method of hunting. And what day was that? And that was <laughs> the last day of the season when I shot a deer. And so I spent right around 160 and 180 hours in the deer stand. And I did not get a deer. 
I held on to the bow for a long time and it just didn't happen. But yeah, we spent one day, three hours into our actual hunt with the kids back on some trails that we could get the truck down. We managed to get a buck. So very effective. Um, now when you're filming a television show, you know, I've seen it done before. Like, you know, there's some big names in hunting in Saskatchewan, great people. I, you know, really good guys. And what they do is they drive around, you know, with a spotting scope, drive around all day long, spot a deer then get out, put a stock on it or whatever. And that's basically the same thing we're doing. Um, so yeah, I've got nothing against it. You know, these guys that say no road hunting's for lazy people, this and that. Eh, it's just good that we got hunters out there, whether they can hike or not. I think we need the numbers. We need to be strong. We can't be bashing other methods of hunting. Yeah. And as long as you're doing it safely, you're not shooting across the road or up the road or at other people, then, and you're not driving around with a loaded gun. I'm all for it. Yeah, you got to be careful too, right? Because if you're like some of the roads around town or the trails, they do get pretty busy. Um, and, you know, you just got to hope guys are, are following those rules and doing it ethical. But I have no issues with that method of hunting. None nope, at all. Me neither. And you know what? Like, I grew up, that's how I grew up hunting when I was a little kid. That's yeah, all we did. That's yeah. the only way we hunted. And you know what? That's the way 95% of the people do it. Well, especially around here. It's just typical. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well it's effective, right? It's efficient. Yes. Like Ryan, his dad goes out two days a year and shoots two, two yeah, year a year. Every I know. Year. <laughs> well, and you know, we were talking about that too, even at the shop here. Like we've got a, a ton of deer and a lot of big ones. And you know, majority of the people, you ask them how they got it. And they're like, man, I've just spent four or five days cruising trails checking cut lines and you're covering a lot of ground and you're gonna see game yeah because the bucks are doing the same thing come november they're yeah just covering ground and eventually yeah. you're gonna cross paths but like i said if you're filming a television show you need a bit of a storyline and so what we try and do is we try and find areas find a deer in that area target that deer or similar you know it's good to have a, um, you know, a history with, with the animal you're chasing. It's well, always super exciting. And that's it the means, fun part. That's the fun part. That's the fun part. And that's why I've spent, like I said, 99% of my days um, in the stand or hiking or whatever and not road hunting. Because when you spend five, six days hiking, chasing elk, and you have that opportunity and you get one, and even if you don't get one, it means so much more than if, you know, at least to me, then if you're driving around and there's a deer, you get it and you're done. Um, and so, yeah, you know what? I, I'm all for road hunting, but I love my, my tree stand, my blind hunting. Um, and my favorite is chasing elk when they're bugling. And, you know, September, it's not freezing cold. The weather's decent. And, uh, yeah, that's got to be my favorite for sure. Yeah, it's the best time of year. Yeah. Better than Christmas. Yeah, without a doubt. We'll have to do a a good five six seven day elk hunt next year okay so, so what else do we got yeah, here let's get back to this post here so uh yeah no quadding before uh noon you think that should stay i think that's a good one as long as the zone is has a fair bit like if it's got yeah. lots of access like this zone south of town here it's crazy amount of access. yes and i should mention too um i've got tree stands and blinds it's where i hunt deer and moose and stuff and I get in that blind nice and early and I can hear, you know, you can hear quite a ways away in, in dead silent forest. 
And uh, as soon as noon, one o'clock comes around, then the quads start coming mm-hmm. and the side by side. So, um, yeah, if you can get off that trail a little bit, get up in a tree stand, nestle, like get comfortable in a blind, um, you know, you might have good luck in some of those zones where it's not going to be pressured too hard until the afternoon. So, uh, yeah, I'm all for it, too. Do you think they should uh, apply that to more zones? Would you go that far? Um, well, the ones around here are pretty good the way they well, are. Well, no, but north, that's south, right? Like yeah. where we bear hunt and moose hunt even. Yeah, right? but the, a lot of those areas, once you get further north than here, a lot of them are almost inaccessible by pickup that time yes. of year. Right? So then you get into sort of a funny area where it's like, well, now we can't do anything, right? You can't even really walk some of those places just the way they are, right? Could you imagine having to hike from the highway to your bear stand? Yeah. Could you imagine? Like, right? Oh, we do it, right? Well, but, if you had to, but... You know, um, and yes, like, where these laws are that you can't hunt before noon, at least around here, there is a ton I think they're pretty legitimate here, yeah. And um, we get a lot of people from, you know, the bigger cities and stuff coming up here, and, uh, oh, it gets... It gets it's crazy. crazy. Yeah. yeah, there's five or six camps every year going up that one yes. road, and it's just crazy. <laughs> I talked to a guy on the phone here, a client, a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> and they come up every year to do spring bear hunting. They always get bears up in the hills there, and they uh, they came back in the fall, and he said they had to leave after two days. They seen like 30 trucks a day yeah. and people everywhere, camps everywhere, and he said it just got to be too much. Well, you know what's funny about that particular spot? I mean, only me and you kind of know what we're talking yes. about. Yes. That's probably one of the busiest spots just for daily work yeah. traffic. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the issue with around here, right? It's yeah. all oil leased roads. Um, and that's the thing. When you're hunting, too, you're going to run into five, ten guys. We're spending all day out there that are working, too. So you got to take that into account. Um and hey, that might even be part of the reason why they have that law. Yeah, could be. No, nah, you don't. I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, it'd be good to have, get someone in here who knew a little bit more. And hey, yeah. if you're listening to this and you know the reason why, or you know the answer to any of our questions, send us a message. We would love to uh, to get some input on this. Yeah, give you a shout out too if you want. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Okay, so the next one is this person is talking about Sask, but. I think we can apply it to sort of anywhere. Old Sask. So here in Alberta, you can buy, at least up here in northern Alberta, you can buy two supplemental doe tags and a buck tag for white-tailed deer. This guy says you must harvest a doe before you are issued a buck tag. Harvest a doe before you issue a buck tag. Yeah. So that is completely opposite from what another guy said. Another guy said no doe tags. Yeah, I did see that one up there too. Yeah, that might have been there a couple of times. So actually. harvest a doe before a buck take. Does yeah. he give a reasoning for that? Um, nope. He not, doesn't. Not right in the direct comment. Harvest a doe. So I could see that, like around here, where we are, um, they give out two doe tags and one buck take mm-hmm. for most of the zones around here, and so the reason for that is because apparently there's a high population of white-tailed deer and they want to control those numbers. Which I would probably agree with. Yes, and there is thousands of square kilometers of land. And... A lot of country. In a lot of those zones, 
you can only use one tag up here. That's right. You cannot use both. Yes. There's only a few, very few, I think maybe seven or eight zones in all of Alberta you can use both tags. Yes. That's, so that's two doe tags. You can two use a buck tags. tag You can and still a use a buck tag anywhere a general buck is open. Yeah. Yes. So, um, so I guess what I'm getting at here is extremely high populated areas. That would maybe make sense where you got to take down a doe before you take down a buck. But I don't know if I totally agree with that one because um, I could see that being implemented if if you have a breakout of like CWD or something maybe, like, like if there's that. There's an actual serious control problem. Yes. But yeah, right now the population seems to be in healthy abundance. Yeah. Right? Not, it hasn't. I mean, some days you don't see any deer. Some days you see 20 deer. Right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, well, and that's the thing. Like I was talking to another guy around here. There's a lot of access, but even once you get past that access, there's hundreds of kilometers, of thousands yeah, of ever, square yeah. kilometers of just bush. Yeah. And so not many guys are going back there. So they're trying to control the population as much as they can around here just to somewhat balance everything out because you're never going to, like it's gonna. Not many guys are going that far back. Well, you can't really like. Unless you can't unless you're bushwhacking and hiking and back there and stuff. And even like even you know and me know a lot of the the deer sites and moose sites that we have around here. We've had them for several years and we've never had a person in them just yep. because there's so much country. Yep. And, and some uh, of them are tucked right away, right close to a lot oh, of places. Yeah, I've got some. You know, I've got some animals not far. I've said enough, but not yeah, far from not this far this away. this studio here. But anyways, um, yeah, you know what? I'd like to get some more info on that. Even if that guy is listening, send us a message. I'm curious uh, when yeah, you would implement that. Maybe elaborate a little bit on that. Yeah. But I do agree with um, maybe something like a buck before a doe, the other way around. A buck before a doe, yeah. Because, um, yeah, just if you need the meat, you're going to go and shoot a doe after you shoot your buck, right? But if you're just going to shoot a buck, then you're going to go shoot a buck. But a buck before the doe, then you, you've got a lot of guys holding out for big bucks. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to offer a doe tag, you might not fill as many of those doe tags because a lot of guys are holding out for their buck. Well, that's what I mean. Like if the, if sort of the situation was yes. flipped. And like so, I'm not saying right now. I like it completely. I, I like it how it is right now. Yeah, well, right when I when I moved to Alberta uh, eight years ago or whatever it was, um, I bought a buck tag, and then I seen I could get supplemental tags. So I got the supplemental tags, and I was under the impression that I had to get a buck first before I could fill those supplemental tags. And I've had people who've hunted for some time but aren't insane about it like you and me. They've been They've told me, straight to my face that no you have to fill that buck tag before you can stick your doe tag on that doe um but i've checked with fish and wildlife they're like no it does not matter which one you use um we give out two supplemental tags because we need to control those populations um so you know even the the buck before the doe i uh i say if they're gonna offer their tag it should be either or or anytime like whether you get the doe first or the buck first or whatever yeah just add i guess it just adds some more challenge to it all like really what are you getting out of it besides making well 
like I, like we said, if there was a population issue, then it would be better, I think, because just like anything else, you don't want to kill the female, right? Yes. You want to try and maintain the breeding population. So if the population was low and they were still offering a doe tag, then a program like that might be a good implementation. Yes. But right now, here, it's good the way it is. Yeah. Three deer. Yeah, I'm fine with the way it is. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, you can shoot three does if you want. Yes, you can because your general tag is an either sex and then you give you two right. supplementals as well. Yeah. Yeah. Me, I, the last few years, I actually four years ago, I've made like that biggest rookie mistake that a lot of guys have made where you see that deer in the bush and it, you think it's a doe and you shoot it and it's a spiker. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I had a general tag. So that went on that one. Um, but since then, I've held out on does until I've got a buck just because. You know, if you need the meat, um, we'll do it. And actually, yeah, two years ago, I did get a doe before the buck. But the last couple of years, I've sort of held out on the does. And my areas where we do have some nice deer, I like to keep the does around. Because come rut, if those aren't, if the does aren't there, the bucks aren't going to be there. No, for sure. And yeah. If you, so, if you got a target deer, you don't want to be messing around with the does. Yes. No, but we're getting into the weeds here. So now this, we're, we aren't even talking about the question. Let's get yeah, on the next one. What else do we got here? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, let's find another one here. Yeah, there were some good ones on there. I liked it. And that's what I like about doing these posts twice a week. Um, there's been some really good ones asking people, you know, what's their dream hunt? Uh, what is your favorite harvest? And, uh, you know, there's some real cool comments in some of those. So I, uh, I enjoy doing these things, but yeah, this one has definitely been one of the most interesting and uh i'd like to get a, a ceo on here like i said to chat about some of these so here's got? another one that uh is a little bit interesting open the grizzly season in alberta yeah i'm all for it yeah and you know what um a lot of people who who uh you know regulate these laws and even the biologists um from what i understood the people that i talk to uh, fish and wildlife officers and whatnot most of them are for it too uh, they know that that grizzly bear population is increasing this year at one point of the black bear season we've seen more grizzly bears than we did black bears and we've never seen any before we've never seen any before and now both me and you have seen them this yes year. Yeah. i finally i finally saw one the end of november but i yeah. did see one this year yeah it's crazy and you know the thing with these animals man these grizzly bears they haven't been hunted since, don't quote me on this. I shouldn't, shouldn't know before I say, but I think it was 2005 or four or six yeah. or seven. 12 or 13 years. Yes. So it's been some time since they've been hunted. Yeah. So these mature boars now have never been hunted before. They've had nothing trying to kill them. Okay. So there's nothing bigger than them. There's no humans. Nothing's killing them. They are protected species. So when you see a grizzly bear now, he just sees another he doesn't see hey that's a human he's going to shoot me no they either are going to come towards you or they're just going to continue doing what they're doing and they aren't worried about you and we the first run-in we had uh, like i said we hadn't seen any grizzly bears at this point we seen a big blonde ass going over a ridge so all we seen was the ass i was filming amy had her gun i said hey let's get to that ridge he's over let's let him go over let's get to that ridge we'll be able to see him nicely we can get a shot off we boogie up to that ridge get up there get the camera on he turns and there's that hump and he sees us one step two step three step towards us 
Fucking Amy's gone already. And so I should mention, she's got no boots on. I made her take her boots off because they were too loud. She throws her boots. And I'm like, well, fuck, she threw her boots. So I grab her boots. I'm holding the camera and I run (laughs) to the truck, which is 300 yards away. And we get up in the truck and I tried standing up there, seeing where this bear was. But he was he must have heard us just boogieing. So he sort of just wandered off. But yeah, man, he made like four or five steps towards us. He gave no shit about us. He wanted to see what we were, if we're a meal, how, you know, what's yeah, going he was on. Just curious. He's like, oh, that's moving. And that maybe. was a big bear. And yeah. that was, yeah. You know what? I, and I kicked myself. I was sort of wishing I would have left my camera on the trail pointing at him while yeah, we I left. I remember you telling yeah, me that. I, I was really upset about that for a few days. Um, and you know what? Like, if I had a gun and I had the camera, I probably would have hung out. But if he kept coming, hey, you ain't going to risk that. That bear can run faster and you can. But yeah, so we, uh, you know, he left. We we tried to get a, go to where he was, and he was gone. He was long gone. So we carried on. Two days later, um, and we're in the same area, and we're turn the corner on a trail, and there's two bears. And right away, we're like, yeah, these are grizzlies. They're big. They're blonde. They've got black guard hairs, blonde guard hairs too. Really nice looking animals. One. I was re-looking at the footage the other day for the episode we're putting together. And uh, one looked to be a sow with probably a year and a half old cub. Like it wasn't a new cub. It was a decent size. She, He was almost, or the smaller one was almost as big as, this as is the sow. This is springtime too, right? This is springtime, yeah. So this is late April, I believe, or early May. I think it was late April. Um, but yeah, they seen us and they were uh, they were pulling pulling trees down to eat the buds off of them so they would climb up so they stood about eight feet tall they'd stand on their hind legs pull a branch of willows or bushes and pull it all the way down and then pick off the buds on the ground wow and yeah we sat there for probably 15 minutes watching them and they sort of wandered back and forth came towards us turn around and uh, they have no fear at all they are not worried about anyone so that you know now there's a risk when we go out like we want to do a spot and stock bear hunt out there we're going to be looking over our shoulders a few more times knowing there's grizzly bears around because black bears they see you they're usually going to run off not always i know they aren't always going to do that but usually they're going to flee where grizzly bears you don't know what they're going to do because nothing's tried to kill them well the thing with grizzlies is like i've had a hundred or hundreds of run-ins with black bears right okay over the years and when they look at you they're kind of like you can see a wander in their eye like what should i do but the few run-ins i've had with grizzlies when i'm face to face they just look through you like yeah is it worth my time and energy <laughs> not like is it safe to do so yes and they'll just run you over and not even think twice yeah and so we don't go too much in the weeds in this too um if they opened up a grizzly season, there's going to be some big bear shot. Big oh, that's bears. for sure. Yeah. I mean, the the world record or the Canadian record, anyway. World uh, record. Is it the world record? It's the world record. Yeah, it go was on. shot just a couple miles from here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was honestly for actually from where I deer hunt, it was, you know, within right around there, yep. and I I could not believe it. I uh, read an article on it online. And, uh, and yeah, a lady, a uh, native lady shot it. I think it was in the sixties or seventies Yeah, with old. a 22. 
this giant grizzly bear. Yes, unloaded. And I guess so. I read into the article, and I guess she traded or sold off the rifles, sold off the the bear, and everything else. Um, You know, obviously, it's got some value because it's a world world record, and that gun is is pretty uh, monumental as well. Um, so she ended up selling you know, everything that she had and uh, lived off that for a little while. But uh, yeah, no, just right around here, right around Slave Lake, the world record grizzly. That's something else, man. That's crazy. And um, the I did notice in the hunting rigs, the Alberta record, you would think that would be the Alberta record, but that wasn't the Alberta record because it was a native harvest. In order for it to be an Alberta record, it has to be a tagged it has to be animal. A licensed animal, yeah. So if you look in the hunting rigs, I've got them somewhere around here. Um, it's Slave Lake, Alberta, too. Another guy shot it in. Uh, have you seen this? Uh, a grizzly? I can't find it. Yeah, if you look in the hunting regulations, the Alberta record grizzly bear was shot right around Slave Lake as well. Yeah, I do think. Yeah, or it might have even said that. Swan Hills. Yes. I think it was yeah. Slave Lake. Yeah. It's, it's Swan Hills? somewhere, somewhere right. Yeah. So, anyways, right around here. So, yeah, we're in in prime grizzly bear country. But I mean, where that where that lady shot that bear? That's the edge of the Swan Hills, anyway. It's that yes. whole area. Yeah. 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 And I actually spoke with um, a fellow who did the aerial survey when they were counting the bears before they shut it down. And the Swan Hills region had the highest density of grizzly bears. Now that doesn't mean there was they were overpopulated but it meant from other areas of the province that area had the highest density and it was a healthy population um but there is politics involved and it all got shut down and i was speaking with a fish and wildlife officer and he said the only thing holding this back is politics i believe it yes and that's what shut down the the BC one, right? Like BC's got grizzly bears oh, everywhere. That's, yeah, that's a whole nother. They've got grizzly bears everywhere. So I think everyone knows that it's time now to open up this grizzly bear season. Even if you do a lottery tag, give out 10 tags as owner, whatever, whatever it can s- sustain. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't open up just because the backlash that the hunting industry the Alberta government um, and a lot of people are going to get from it. So, yeah, especially after the BC side yes. closing just two years ago or three yeah. years. Yeah, so ago. we'll have to wait and see. Um, you know, it would be super cool if we could hunt grizzly bears, that and be. it it is important to control predators because, like I said, nothing's been killing these things. Yeah, so that's right. You gotta gotta keep the populations in check, and the moose numbers aren't the greatest, so uh, I think it would help to control them for sure. Yeah, so, I hey, I'm so. all for it. Yeah, I'm all for it. Whether I think it's going to happen or not, I don't know. So do you think it's coincidence that in the last year we've seen, what, seven grizzlies? Um, How many did you see? Five? I, this year we've seen, seen four, and we've got – I've got four or five different ones on cameras as there well. Okay. And that's in the last two years. So how many different bears? Oh, they're all different yeah, bears. so eight bears. <laughs> eight bears plus yeah. the one i saw which is a total different area than you yeah yeah they're all i'm gonna say they're all different bears yeah for sure. i would i would guess and so in the last so in the last year we've seen nine bears and six years prior we've never seen one so do you think that's coincidence or do you think the population has just finally reached us again and it's exploding 
Um, I think no, I just think the population now is at the point where it's yeah. exploding. Um, I don't know too if wildfires affect the population numbers at all. Because it's been a while since there's like Slave Lake had the huge wildfire in yeah. 2011, 12. Um, and so that is now seven or eight years. So if you did have a bit, of, I don't, but like I said, I don't know if wildfire will affect population numbers at all. Well, it definitely moves wildlife around. Yes. Yeah. So whether it moved some or it, it lowered the population a little bit, um, that might be why we see a spike now seven, eight years later. I don't know. But I know there's more grizzly bears. It's not just a coincidence that we've seen that many grizzly bears in a year or two. And then five, six years ago, we never seen any. I've never um, even seen a track anywhere. Yes. Well, and the tracks, like I've seen a ton of tracks. It's just, it's unreal. And yeah, so you gotta, you gotta be a little more careful, man, in grizzly country. Cause they, uh, you know, they ain't scared of nothing. It's grizzly country here again. Yeah. It's exciting though. It's cool. I love seeing different wildlife. So but, should we try uh, one more? No, oh, let's let's keep it rolling. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see what I can. One guy says deer hunting at night. I don't know about that one. So he thinks <laughs> you should, should be, be able legal. to hunt deer at night. Yeah. No, that's not safe at all. Definitely not. Not only is it not safe, you you have no yeah, way of no. identifying. Yeah, which no. it's just not safe. That not a good make idea. Sense. <clears throat> um. There's. One guy here, he says four point or better for mule deer. So Alberta doesn't have a point um, regulation for mule deer. They do for elk. We do for elk, but I don't know about mule deer. Yeah, I don't think they do. I may be wrong. There may be some zones down south or something that do, but I'm pretty sure they don't. I'm almost 100% sure they don't. So four point or better, right? So that's, uh, you got your forks. Double forks. You got your, yeah. Well, your forks, and you have your main beam point, and even a little brow tine is your four. Yeah, I guess it's only got to be an inch to make it four. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. The way I look at it, like we spoke on, I think, the first podcast, we put a lot of faith in these biologists. They know they know how many tags are given out. They sort of have an idea of what's going to be harvested. They know better than us, for um, sure. But, hey, you know what? I think, I think uh, yeah, if if more people are harvesting mature animals that is great and uh you want less people shooting those year and a half year old bucks even two and a half year old bucks if you can if you can get into that three-year-old range awesome doer that way uh you've got these animals breeding at least one year and uh yeah so you know i i'm for it i'm for it because i think if the population wasn't great and there wasn't a lot of mule deer in a zone they just wouldn't give out tags so they're gonna give out tags for zones that can sustain a hunt with healthy populations and if there's healthy populations and there's mature deer so i'm all for it yeah for sure now what about whitetails would you do uh say even three or four point for whitetails well right now the way the licenses lie you can as long as you have a general tag you can shoot any deer so how would you you'd have to make your buck you'd have to make it a buck only tag right um to make it three points okay yeah um you could do a, a three point and up or doe but okay. no spiker and and even but that no spiker that's no I, i'm i'm all for that i i think there should be because i i don't think we should be removing a bunch of year and a half old deer I would be for a four point and up mule deer even three point you know if you for got white three tail? you mean white tail 
or both. Yeah, three both. or four point yeah. up for both. I, th- I think that's a good move. Um, that makes sense to me. Now, if we get back into the whole thing where they're giving out tags to control populations, which that's why we hunt is to control the population, um, and you want deer removed, then maybe just open it right up like it is right now. Um, but people like a trophy hunt and people like having trophy zones and there are trophy zones for moose. Um, you know, even mule deer where it sheep. takes a while to sheep, where it takes a while to get that tag, but you have a good opportunity at a big animal. And so if you do this four point and up, you're going to have more big animals. And I think it's a good one. I think that's a good move. And that I'm just going to just go off a little bit before we start the next one. That's why. I would be all for baiting deer in Alberta because there's going to be less small deer shot. When we bait bears, we know what's coming through. We're going to remove that big animal. Um, There's going to be less guys cruising around shooting the first deer they see. That's usually only a year and a half year old deer where if you are sitting at a bait, see a bunch of different deer, you can pick and remove the mature one from that herd. But anyways, that's my little thing into that. But, uh, yeah, I'm all for the four-pointed up. Let's do her. Okay, so the next one. What are you, where, where are you on that? I agree. I think so, too. Yeah, I think it's good if, if they're the biologists want to control the population a certain way and uh, they manipulate the way you can use your tags, that's the way to do it. And right now, right now there's enough deer that I think here you can we can afford to take younger deer right now and gives people here the chance you know that maybe can't get out enough to shoot a big buck they are out there but they're hard to find in the thick bush right so we uh so for select zones you would do i think for select zones it'd be a good idea yeah Yeah. it all depends on the population yeah for sure and it all goes up and down and everything always changes but right now i think alberta does a very good job of managing our game I think they got a tough job, man. It's a tough job. This is a big province. It's pl- it's There's a lot of land. Almost, right? Yeah. You think you can fit multiple States into the size of Alberta yeah. and there's a lot of different critters running around and it is a tough job. So I, uh, you know, fuck whatever yeah. they decide all the power to them. But, uh, yeah. Hey, I'm all for harvesting mature animals and, uh, I like the elk three point and larger. You set a goal that you're going to get at least three points. Um, the five point and larger, you know, it's, it's doable for sure, but that's a little more daunting to me. <laughs> but then there you go. Then you get your trophy zone basically, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Let the biologist pick a few trophy zones and let's do her. Okay. Let's, uh, let's hit a different, uh, path here. This one is wilderness carry permit for sidearms in Alberta. Yeah, Canada. All for it, man. I think that, especially with this whole grizzly bear thing, more grizzly bears, more cats around. Um, You know, they they just released that there are more cougar tags given out this year than last year because there are more of them. There are more predators, plain and simple. Um, Wolves, cougars, grizzly bears, uh, even black bears around here. It's just absolutely insane. So, uh, was that carry permit? Sorry, that was for archery. Or Just wilderness. wilderness carry didn't specify. Okay, so that's basically. So, like, if you're hunting, you want to take a firearm, a sidearm with you. Yeah, all the time. Whether you're rifle hunting, archery hunting. Um, I don't think it's necessary for rifle hunting. I would be all for it. Hey, if I could carry all day long, I would. I am all for concealed carry. 
Um, and hey, when I'm bear baiting, it would be great to have, you know, a, a pistol barrel. on my yeah, hip for sure. Yeah, no, it would be awesome, and I'm all for it. Um, let's do her. Let's open her right up. But uh, um, I wouldn't want to push my luck too far. If I say if we could get a little, I would say let's carry. If you buy a bow hunting permit, you can carry in bow season. That's good. I, I agree with that. That's good. Yes. The other, well, you know what though? The other thing I would argue is mountain hunting backpacking because a lot of times your rifle's not accessible quickly. You got to take your pack off, put it down, unstrap. Yeah. Probably well, take the tarp off it, load it. Whatever, yeah. You don't, right? you don't have a Badlands pack on though. I can do the old one hand release on mine. Yeah, that Badlands pack, <laughs> the one you got ain't going to hold 10 days. No, it won't. I'm just bugging you. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I was thinking that too, like when we were all hunting, I got everything packed away. I don't want to mm-hmm. carry my gun all day long or even my bow. So, um, yeah, it would be nice, man. It well, would we, be really nice. So last year we actually decided on one of the trips to the mountains, we actually decided not to take a gun at all. Um, this was your scouting trip? The scouting trip, yeah, not hunting, obviously, but. We, so we what did you have for self-defense? Bear spray. And bear a dog. spray, yeah. But that's we decided not to just because the sheer hassle. It was an extra 10 pounds that I had to pack. So we got there. Well, we, we were about to leave the house, and I just looked, had everybody together, and I looked at them, and I said, what's everybody's vote? Do we take a gun or not? My vote is no. We don't need it. We got the dog, and we got bear spray. And everybody voted no, so we never took it. Yeah, and... Uh, but, you know, if we had a, a nice little handgun the pistol that i got even yeah just to strap it on your hip or tuck it in your backpack where you can get at it with one hand that would be well man i i got my restricted and all this this bullshit going on with the liberal government trying to take our guns i went out and bought myself a handgun because i'm like man i gotta get this before they really fuck shit up yeah and uh I guess what they're doing is they're letting municipalities, I think it is, decide on whether or not you can hold it. But Jason Kenny passed, I, I don't know if he passed the law, or he did something where Alberta, the government of Alberta now has authority on whether mm-hmm. or not. So yeah, so that. they can't implement that. I don't know. I'm not going to get into that. But yeah, I, I, I got one because I thought like, man, I got to have one. You never know what they're going to do. But anyways, that's totally off of this this uh, topic or question or whatever. But uh yeah, let's do her. I'm all for it. Yeah, I think, uh, I think, not. It doesn't even have to be. You don't even have to get into specifics like concealed carry or whatever. But wilderness carry, something like that, I think is definitely uh, worth looking at on the politics side of things, just because of oh, safety and. It makes total sense, and you might know more about this than I do. But outfitters, surveyors. And there's a few other select jobs that they can get a permit to carry. Have you heard of that for so an outfitter? There are, yes. There are jobs that you can get in Alberta. It's, I've never, anybody I've ever talked to said they never knew anybody that ever got, actually got the permit. Yeah, so I've seen a picture of a guide on a Facebook page and he's baiting his bear bait and he had his pistol right on the bait there and everyone's like oh what are you doing why is that there and he said no i got a permit i can carry this there is a way that outfitters and guides this is to my knowledge this is how it works an outfitter or a guide can carry a pistol or can get the permit but the law or the rules are that you can only do it if you're baiting black bears 
and you're actively baiting so you're going to your bait site or leaving your bait site with bait and you do not have a client with you okay interesting which in my case is when you don't have a client with you that's you know a third of your day maybe or half of your day the other half you have a client with you you know maybe if you're just dropping guys off or if you're just filling baits then that's that, yeah that's definitely a good time to have one and that makes that makes sense to me like i'm all for less regulation when it comes to this stuff um, but that does make sense like if you have a client with you he's gonna have a weapon with him yeah you got um, two guys so exactly. yeah like shit happens i've heard stories where well you gotta worry about the the freaking client yeah too sometimes. well <laughs> yeah so it, it always helps to have it but hey that makes sense where an outfitter can carry it to fill the baits without the client there um, at least they're letting them carry it yeah but yeah i think that's a good way to do it but i still like you said you've seen that one picture i don't know anybody that's ever gone yeah there. yeah i seen it a couple of years ago and i uh, i thought that is cool and uh, any, any of the outfitters i've ever worked for they don't know anybody that's ever gone yeah there. interesting yeah, and that's, I mean, here or the Yukon. Yeah, wow. Okay, what do we got? What's the next one? Do um, you have a favorite on there? I think we just Let's do one more. We'll wrap her up. Okay, I think we're at 45 one minutes. This one might be a little... Uh... Pick your favorite or your third or fourth favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I guess fifth favorite. Um, there's a few on here about wolves. They must not be talking about Alberta. Um yeah, man, wolves are a big issue in the states. Yeah, like again, wolf season it's open all year round, no tag needed. Um, same for wolves as for coyotes, blah blah blah. But I mean, here as long as you hold a hunting license, which as long as you buy a new one after March thirty first, you hold another hunting license, and you can shoot a wolf any time of year. Uh, yes. Yeah. So is it all time? All I thought it was as long as there's a big game season. Oh yeah, sorry, there is as long as there's a big game season. Open. Yes. Yeah. So the only time you can't basically is summer. Okay. Correct. I believe so. Because bears open come April, mm -hmm. and then your summertime, and then your big game opens August. Yeah, and, and you have August. late season draws as well and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and trapping season. Trapping season goes till the end of March. Yeah, and yeah, again, that's like I, that was probably an American guy that commented mm -hmm. on that, and man, they've got a battle down there. I cannot because... believe the the struggle in some places just to be able to kill wolves. Yeah, well, and we and we are having that issue now with grizzly bears. Like we we're just talking about it right now. Yep. You know where you have uh, a growing population and an exploding population, uh, an exploding population, yeah. even in a lot of places, and it's the ungulates are taking a big hit and so are so are the farmers now and the yes. locals the cattle yeah that's all gonna start you're gonna see it everywhere in the next couple of years yeah and Especially you know what right around here it's costing everyone money oh for sure right you got insurance on that you got uh fish and wildlife officers who got to go and see what's going on spend half their day there or uh, trap them and try and relocate yeah. them just to retrap them again in yes. a couple of weeks or months. Yeah. So rather than selling tags, building an industry, you are paying. Um, it's costing you money. Yeah, right? there's a good so, idea, right? Sell some tags. Yeah. Allocate some an area with certain good population. You need to put control on. You give a lottery tag of some kind. People from wherever can come here, spend their money locally. And then all their money on their tags goes back to conservation. Yeah. And the population gets in control. 
And then you make so money because they got to get the, t- the high tank. It's so simple. Well, everyone, right? So you think uh, you got your guide and outfitter. They got a hotel, maybe. They got to fly up here. Fuel. They got meals. They got yeah. fuel. You know, it would be nothing for a guy to spend $10,000 coming up on a wolf hunt. Plus, you know, a moose tag is like $400 for a non-resident. Like a non-resident so that's the price Alien? of the tag and then they've got their plus the hunting license and everything else it's about it's almost like 700 dollars canadian for a, a guy to come up here moose hunting just for the tags just part. for the tag yeah 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 so and uh, then so what's a moose hunt going for what's an average like for just an average an, moose. A, average outfitted moose hunt up here for rut season is like seven thousand dollars okay so you say seven thousand dollars that's his US. hunt us okay so you're at 10,000 Canadian right around there. Close. And then they got their tags, so they're at 11 right there. They got their plane, they got their fuel. They're they're probably close to 15,000. And then if they get something mounted, you know, they they'll there's a chance they'd be pushing 20,000 if yep. they get a mount done, if they, you know, whatever. By Plus the time they the export it down. They, so the that's toys they bought to come up here. Yeah, so that's 20,000 taxable dollars for one moose hunt. Yep. Right? Um, so there's big money being made there, you know, a lot of tax money. Um, so, you know, it only and, makes sense to open it up for and the outfitter, for all his supplies, he's chances are he's buying them locally. Oh, without a doubt. The tags are being bought locally at a gas station or a convenience store. Yeah. You know, all that stuff. It's all, it all just brings revenue into the province and the, like the town. It's a huge industry and we're lucky in Alberta because they do recognize it. Yeah. Um, it's not... Have you been to the Edmonton Airport? Yeah. The international side? Times, yeah. Do they still have those big deer, white tails, I think they are? I don't remember if I've ever seen them, honestly. I've been there yeah, several times. You I don't arrive think I've ever the, seen I'm them. pretty sure it's this Edmonton Airport. You arrive internationally in the Edmonton Airport, and they've got like two or three giant white-tailed deer. And they're mounted? No, yeah. they are mounted. Sorry. They're like a, a sculpture. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember seeing them. So yeah. that tells you right there that they recognize that they've got hunters coming in. My brother, actually, Braden, he was on the podcast. He worked uh, security at the airport for a while there. And uh, and he says, yeah, hunting season, man. Like, hunters are going to make up about 5% of the people coming and going. I believe it. Every- and he, he said Americans are showing up with ducks filled their coolers filled with ducks or geese or whatever right bear hides going back and uh, it's a big industry there's a lot of money to be made and and alberta recognizes that so you know it would be something if they uh they open up this grizzly bear this grizzly bear hunt and it will uh you know there's a big industry there for outfitters too because you can't hunt them in bc now and if they open that up in alberta you know things are gonna it'll be good and it's just going to help with the control of the population yeah so uh i think we're going to be seeing quite a few problems here in the next couple years especially right here yes well uh so i'm we're doing the editing for our uh, show right now and the bear episode i'm working on we sort of talk about the start of the episode what happens if you don't control these predators and how they come into towns and this year in slave lake they've had more calls for bear in town than ever before so i reached out to a few people they sent me videos of these bears walking on their fences walking in their driveways and we're incorporating that into the episode and uh, that's a prime example right and i asked fish and wildlife i said why are there so many bears in town this year 
And I think I mentioned this on one of the last podcasts. I feel like a broken record here. But uh, he said there's not enough people hunting black bears. Yeah, well, that sentence needs to be repeated. Yeah. And so, and I tell guys, like, when they come into the shop with a deer and we start talking about bears, I tell them, I'm like, yeah, if you have a chance at a bear, you got to take it because there are a lot of bears. And uh, the only thing killing bears is other bears. So if we have a chance, um, if you have a chance at a mature bear, take it because, uh, you know, someone's got to do it. I think it's intimidating for a lot of people. I think shooting a bear and having to skin it or even just interacting with a bear might be intimidating to a lot of people that aren't used to it. Yes. And I think that might keep keep people away. But it's so e- it's so it's such an easy, you know, first animal, especially if you're getting into it. And if you're a if you're an advanced, experienced hunter and you just never really dove into bear hunting. You see them around. Chances are, if you're from around here, you see them around. Just take one. The meat's great. Yes. The hide's beautiful. And that's, you know, a lot of guys that I talk to, um, they're like, I'm not shooting a bear again unless it's an absolute giant because I've already shot three or four. And you know what? They do have a point there because the thing with Alberta is you have to keep the hide. Mm-hmm. It's great for business. But it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, I've got three bear rugs now. What am I going to do with another? That's the issue you run into, (laughs) right? Because you've got to keep the hide. Now, with that being said, you can give the hide away. So if you have a taxidermist who needs hides like us or whatever, you can give that hide away. Um, So that's fine there, but you got to do something with the hide. You can't discard of it. Um, And that's where people sort of get caught up on shooting a bear every year because they don't want it to go to waste. And hey, that is, that's totally fine. That's a good view to have. You don't want to kill an animal for it to go to waste. Um, But like you said, they have great meat. They're good eating. Um, So you know what, if if you want to have some pepperoni, some roasts or whatever, you don't have to keep all the bear, but you can take all the quarters or whatever you want. And, uh, and yeah, it's a good reason to, uh, to try and, control that population somewhat by taking you know one every couple of years even we we make it a priority every every spring i love bear well, hunting. it's just so much fun like i yes. i've been i bear hunted more this year than i have in the last three and i never had any intention of shooting one that was ever in front of me this year yeah i i, I mean obviously i packed a gun and i was waiting for a big blondie or yeah. something but i saw a million bears this year and i just loved every single minute of it yeah i loved everyone that ran away from me and it's just so much fun. <laughs> and so that's sort of the issue, though, too, though, right? Because there's so many bears. We see so many bears and we love it, but it's also an issue. Well, you can't just go crack down two bear, two young bears. like right no, 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 not at all. No, I no. Well, that's same as the deer, right? Yeah, like exactly. you got to take a mature animal. But we love seeing a lot of bears and it's awesome. But when they're moving into town no one likes that when they start approaching on your house and well your i like backyard. it nobody's gotten hurt so right now i like it it makes me giggle it's and amusing it's funny, but, yeah and it's I, amusing I to me we've had good, them it's good for people to sort of realize that uh you're still living in northern alberta and yeah you can get eaten in your backyard without a doubt we're in bear country it is yeah. what it is like this swan hills region slave lake north of here um people travel from all over the place to bear hunt around here because it is such good bear hunting um but uh yeah i know guys if you uh you know buy a bear tag get out in the springtime cover some ground and uh and try and get one down and hey if you do send us some photos we'd love sharing them with people and uh yeah you know it's uh 
it's something I love to do. It's something I know Eric loves to do. All of us in Non-Typical Nation, we usually uh, put together a couple bear episodes each year. And there's plenty of ways to do it. You can bait, you can spot and stalk, you can glass them up, you can just hunt bears. Yeah, and it's shot. it's all a ton of fun, whatever you're doing. You know, baiting, it's, it's probably the least exciting because you have a lot of downtime sitting in a tree. Um, well, it depends. I had lots of... Well, busy time. yeah, there's a lot of busy times. Like when things get rocking, they that get going good. That is the best good. way to interact and just watch the bears. It's definitely over a bait. Bottom. Yes. Yeah. And that's, you know, we had, we had like 10 hours of bear footage. So we put it in three episodes on this next season and you guys will get to see that. It was super exciting. We had some incredible encounters. Yeah. We actually have too much bear footage. Yeah. Too much <laughs> we were, bear we were just talking about that, how we're going to condense it, condense it, condense it. So we can get it down to these yeah. 22 minute, minute videos. And, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's super cool. But yeah, anyways, I'm going to get into some things here, guys, pay some bills. Today's podcast is brought to you by antler obsession. The only big game attractant and supplement designed specifically for elk, moose, and deer living in a northern climate. Go to nontypical.org. That's our webpage. Go to the store and use promo code podcast for 10% off everything, including antler obsession, supplement, and attractant. And one more, guys. Kickstart your day with smoked coffee. That's right. Smoked coffee. All the smokes coffee is revolutionizing the coffee industry with smoked coffee beans. My personal favorite is Blazing Apple and Sippin' Whiskey. Order yours at oldsmokescoffee.com. Use promo code NONTYPICAL for 10% off. So where are we at, Eric? Are we doing another question or are we wrapping her up? We're at at an hour. Uh, It's up to you. You want another one? Yeah, let's do one more. Let's have some fun. One more and then we'll... uh We'll wrap her up for everyone. This is going to be an exciting one. This is going to be fun. So okay, hold so on this here. One, yeah, oh, this one's a little, boy. A little controversial. Oh, I, was, I was wondering if I should share this one or not. I'm nervous. I'm sweating. Yeah. So this is uh, this is worded differently a few different times. <laughs> but here's the nicest one. So no special privileges. Um, no special privileges. And everybody has. Oh, sorry. I lost it. Hang on, bear with me. Everybody has one law for all residents of the province. So there's actually two different sides of this. One guy says one law for every hunter in the province, like all the same law. And one says um, no special privileges or register the animal and one animal per family. So we're obviously talking about First Nation Harvest. Um, well, that doesn't make sense. One animal per family. Cause I can go out and shoot a deer an elk, a moose and a bear. Yeah. I, w- I definitely don't agree with the one animal. Oh, sorry. This says one animal per species, per family, per year, per family, but even per family, like I can go out, Amy can go out. My whole family can get one deer, yeah. one elk. Um, and you know what we'll eat. We would, if we had an elk and a moose, we would probably finish it in a year. Um, now we wouldn't go and shoot three moose because while well, next year, there's not going to be as many moose there more than likely. Um, and so three moose is not that that'll last you longer than a year. Yeah. That's just it. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, this is a tough one to dive into. Um, I do somewhat think everyone should have, should play by the same rule book, but there are people who 
have been here much longer than us and they've got their land their sacred land and uh they've been doing things there for a while the way they've been doing them and we gave them that land to continue doing things the way they're doing them so let them do things the way they're doing them on their land let's go for it let them let them let them control their their little country their their uh, what they got going on there I, I i you know let them do their thing now so there's things there's things that there's certain certain things. <laughs> this is this was the tough. wrong one to well, dive into. It. Let's keep going. But what do you mean? It's it's uh. So they're allowed to do things like spotlight at night. Uh, but traditionally, they hunted under moonlight, right? Yeah, but with bows and arrows. Is moonlight a twelve hundred lumens or whatever on a spotlight? Yeah, I actually looked truck? in. So when we started Non-Typical Nation four years ago, three years ago, we started by actually writing articles and looking into news things. And one of the ones that I had done was spotlighting okay. um, and hunting under moonlight. And there are some provinces where it has to be hunting under moonlight. I think it Jeez, I'm not. I I was gonna say I think it's Manitoba, but it might not be. I'm probably wrong. I know anyone from Manitoba is probably gonna scream at me, telling me I'm wrong. But there <laughs> is provinces that it must be in our moonlight. I, I'm sure I remember that. Um, and that makes sense. Now, you know, if you've got two thousand dollar lights on your fifty thousand dollar lifted truck, lit right up like a Christmas tree. Um, you know, hitting back roads that, uh, you know, most guys can't get down because you've got a big jacked up truck, you know, it's it. Now we're getting, we're getting into the weeds here of things that aren't really aren't ethical and aren't the way they were traditionally done. Almost kind of the wrong words, but abuse of power, right? Yes. So like overuse of your. Yeah. But with that being said, I should say that doesn't happen that often. That doesn't happen that often. Most people, 99% of, of uh, you know, First Nations people and whatnot that I know, they are 100% ethical. Um, you know, they're lucky if they get a moose every couple of years. Some of them are better than others. Some of them get a moose each year. And you know what? That feeds their family. That feeds their parents. That feeds their grandparents. And, uh, you know, they are, some of them are the most ethical people I know. Most of them are good. For sure. Um, but like, like even licensed hunters, there's always a few bad apples that ruin things and give people a bad definitely image. Definitely ruin the name for pe- for certain people. And that's people. the issue we're all having. There's hunters, licensed hunters that are fighting with other licensed hunters because people are cheating and this and that. And, uh, and I think that's probably why this question was brought up is because someone heard a story of a first nation, um, person that you know pushed the bar a little too far but uh, I'm gonna say that's not most people you know I know for a fact that's not most yeah, people. yeah I'm gonna agree with you it's definitely not most people and it's when it comes to harvesting for your family as long as you're taking the meat and you're not just I mean any white guy yeah. whatever yellow guy brown guy whatever you want to be can go out and do shoot an animal illegally yeah. So because the natives and the Métis have 
the rights, harvest rights here in Alberta, as long as they're doing it right and they're harvesting the animal, then I have no problem with it. Yeah. So like I said, usually there's a few bad apples that just give people a bad image um, that sort of mess things up for a group. Um, I don't think all of them should suffer because of people who push the bar too much. So uh, let it be. Leave it the way it is, you know. So what about um, what about um, registering each harvested animal, or at least um, calling it in? Um, so Alberta actually just implemented this year. You have to do your harvest reports if you kill an animal with a draw tag, or you can't draw a tag next year until you do it and you get fined. Yeah. Do you know that? I did. Yep. You did. Okay. Just making sure you yeah, did no, that. No, that's a good one. And <laughs> so, also tied in with that. You have to purchase your hunting license before you can buy your draw before you can enter your draw next year. You have to you have to own a hunting license before you can put in for draws next year. If summer. you don't do your if you don't, Okay. So okay, there, okay, this okay. this is to stop people. Okay, so from, I have to purchase I have to purchase my uh, wildlife certificate. Yeah. Your wildlife yeah. certificate. So I've purchased my wildlife certificate before I can draw. But you do any every year anyway because you're yeah, a Yeah, Exactly. But, yeah, but, so the reason why they implemented that is because you have non-hunters who are putting in for these draws. Drawing them. And drawing them. Pocketing the tag. Yes. That's exactly right. Yes. Um, so, yeah, registering your your harvests, I am 100% full that we want to give these biologists, the people who are um, putting the tags on the line for hunters, we want to give them as much information as we can so we know what's being harvested. I had a biologist in here this summer, and he said moose numbers were way down. Um, but now I've seen more moose than I ever have. I got a moose. So, you know, um, we got to get more information to these biologists. Everyone should be should be putting in their harvest reports. I don't care where you are, even, you know, Saskatchewan, New Brunswick, Ontario. Um, put them in. Let's give the biologists as much information as they have so they can give out the appropriate number of tags. And so what we're doing makes a difference. Yeah, and it takes five minutes. Like, you just, just go, at least for here, you go on Alberta Realm. Is time. there a deadline? Um, well, I, I don't know if there's a deadline for the residents. I know my outfitter one is, has a deadline. Okay. Where I get fined and I can lose my allocations if I don't do it. If you don't do it. Yeah. For my yeah. that's for my outfitting my outfitting allocations. Yes. But yeah, that's that's been implemented for a few years. Could be several, could have been always. But yeah. as long as I've been a part of it, it's been implemented. So Yeah, and I guess some guys say it's a pain in the ass. You gotta go online, you gotta put in your win card, you gotta do this, do that. It only takes five minutes, but it's a pain in the ass. Um Alberta Realm does have an app now. But you can't do it in the app. But you can. There's a link, and it links you to the web page. Um, so yeah, guys, make sure you do that. You know, this is uh, we're in January, and uh, and yeah, get her done because we want to give these guys as much info as we can. Yeah. So going back to the the First Nations harvesting, that's the only problem I have with the system right now, is that there's absolutely no way right now for Fish and Wildlife, the biologists, and just the wildlife side of Alberta to know what has been harvested by first nations MAT in a year. Yeah, that makes sense. We don't know what's being harvested. Um, yeah, I'm all for that. Because I'm all it, for at that. least, at least with the draw system before this year, where they, impl before they implemented the harvest reports, at least they knew how many draw tags were given out for each zone. Mm -hmm. So there's a potential number. 
yeah. that they know Max Moose killed. You yes. know, and they kind of know the <laughs> average percentage. But when it comes to First Nations and Métis, they have no idea how many were taken each year from where, when. Yes, and now with this rise in predators too, you know, wolves, bears, cougars, um, we don't know what they're killing. So if we can at least get all of our numbers together and, uh, you know, do an estimate for what they're killing, we're that much closer to knowing how many of what animals are in an area and so we're taking out the appropriate numbers and, and then just, we won't have an imbalance it's just that much more um that much more information for the biologists that yeah. much more we're doing for the conservation yeah yeah that was a touchy one man i yeah uh, yeah i was a little worried about that i was wondering kind of all the way through you know um we're yeah on the same i've got page, so though. many really you know good good friends who are native or whatever and uh, every single one of them is super ethical. They've taught me a lot. They they know the bush. They know what they're doing more than I ever will. And, um, you know, a lot of things wouldn't happen if it wasn't for them. John is a prime example, man. Yeah. That guy, he is something else. He's a great guy. Uh, he's done a ton for us and super ethical. You know, like super I said, he, he tries and uh, tries. He didn't get a deer this year. Um you know, and he's a, he's a really good guy, but, uh, yeah. So I don't know, you know, I, I would say leave them at what they're at. Um, you know, you could maybe try and get people that to input what they're harvesting. I think it would help, but the whole reason why we gave them 100% harvesting rights is so they could do it their way. That's right. And, uh, Hey, you know what? Um, I think things are doing all right. Uh, you know, I don't think things are going too bad. Like we've been around here things been going somebody that's going to break the law is going to break the law no matter what color yep. they are yeah they are it doesn't matter so i think i think it, it works the way it is and people are happy yeah you bet you know and some some areas and places might be different like we only know what's going on around here really so there might be issues in other places mm-hmm. um you know and there's guys we were uh actually amy she went uh in the hills there with her dad north of here and uh fish and wildlife were there early in the morning when they just got there and i guess there were guys spotlighting so people are doing it right um and it's a licensed hunter more than likely and uh usually there's more of them that are doing it because well they've put their they have a short window of time to kill an animal and uh people are gonna are gonna cheat and yep. you're gonna have that um but uh you know what you don't let a few bad apples spoil everything for That's every right. one of us and you know i i think you got to punish those people, do what you got to do, but let's not give them any more attention than I think that deserves because we don't want to start. There's a lot of negativity on Facebook and social media around hunting and stuff. And if now we start broadcasting these people doing illegal things, it's making us look worse. Well, that's the thing. We always get lumped in. Hunters always get lumped yeah. in with poachers, right? Yeah. So poachers I, and hunters, it's just like... It's just like law-abiding gun citizens and the guy that robs the Seven Eleven with the handgun, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. So I try and give that no attention yeah. at all. No, you, you can't. Know, you let can't it be. Group it all up. There's... Keep it in the courts. That's right. Cool, man. Well, let's wrap her up. We uh, this was a lot of fun. I I had a lot of fun with this. And hey, anybody listening, um, if you have any comments on this podcast, send us a message through our Facebook page. Um, we'd love to hear your your comments and some of the questions that were asked 
And uh, hey, if you have a cool topic or something that we should talk about on a future podcast, send us a message. And uh, yeah, I think that'd be fun. Yeah, I think if we keep these posts rolling, they're going to be a good topic for the podcast. And yeah, it's only going to get better. Yeah, without a doubt. And we appreciate you guys listening. We really do. Um, we're early on in this. And, uh, you know, we're going to be releasing one every seven to 10 days for sure, for sure. So keep following along. Be sure to subscribe because that is extremely important that you subscribe. Um, so we have those numbers so we can gauge how many people are listening. And uh, and so we can we can keep doing this. Um, and share it. Share it around because we're uh, we're associated with a ton of growing, growing small businesses right now. And there's we have a ton of deals, promotions. We're hooked into a lot of great products. Yeah, 100% share with your friends. And uh, I think even on our webpage, we've got a, a page designated just for discounts. There's a few companies that we're working with um, that will offer discounts to our listeners. So check that out. And uh, yeah, let's wrap her up, Eric. I'm going to give her to you, man. Okay. This podcast is brought to you by Primal Adventures Outfitting and Guide Services. We're the next generation of professional guiding and outfitting with full-service Alberta moose hunts and Alberta winter wolf hunts. If you or somebody you know is looking for a quality moose or wolf hunt, you know a guy. Let Primal Adventures lead you to your next trophy animal and your next unforgettable adventure. Make it a Primal Adventure. That was fun, man.